When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone's doing great. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas week here as we head into the new year, the sustainable way. Uh, Again, this is Chris Salem, your host for the Sustainable Success Radio Show. So if you're new to us, again, in addition to finding us on the Voice America Influencers channel, you could also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. We highly encourage you to follow us there so you can listen to many of our past guests sharing their words of wisdom related to sustainable success, whether if that pertains to your business, your relationships, wellness, or all of the above. Again, that's Sustainable Success 2017 on Facebook. Come follow us and listen to many of the great guests that we've had on from our past on-demand episodes. We have a great show today, uh, but before we introduce our guest, I do want to hear from a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is efamovement.org. That stands for Empowered Fathers in Action. This is a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process by providing sustainable solutions to address the root cause to limited beliefs that stem back to childhood. So this is aimed at targeting both parents in this case, fathers, as well as the children, to show that how limited beliefs can affect them negatively and how it's passed on from generation to generation. They're offering some great programs to kind of get to the root cause of these issues so that they can build our future boys into future leaders in their homes, their communities, and businesses going forward. So check them out, efamovement.org. Uh, again, that's efamovement.org for Empowered Fathers in Action. And with that being said, we have a topic today that plays right into that. And we have a expert and a, and a person that is really taking a lead in this area and has been doing so for a long time. And our today's topic is called Building Boys into Good Young Men, the Sustainable Way. Uh, and we, before we introduce Dan Blanchard, who is the expert in this area, I did want to give a little background about Dan Dan is an award-winning author, speaker, and educator, as well as a parenting expert, certified life coach, columnist, double veteran of two different U.S. military branches, two-time junior Olympian wrestler, two-time junior Olympian coach, and the father of five. Boy, Dan does a lot, and he does it well. Dan has appeared in over 100 television uh, and radio shows worldwide, such as NBC and Fox, And he's also appeared on several of the world's top 10 podcasts in the world. And without further ado, we welcome Dan Blanchard to the show today. Hello, Dan. Good morning. How are you, Chris? It's so good to be on your show. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And Dan, it's so great to have you. You know, we, you know, we are almost like neighbors. You know, we live here in the great state of Connecticut and, uh, you know, I just love what you're doing, you know, with the, you know, with the many books that you've put out relevant to this area and, what you do as an educator and really building kids, especially boys, and becoming our future leaders uh, going forward. And wanted to talk a little bit about the concept behind building boys into good young men and wanted to kind of, you know, get your your view on that, you know, from your perspective and your experience. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And uh, let me give you like a little background here real quick, if you don't mind. 
I yeah. uh, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional home, and um, it was rough. It was rough, and there wasn't a lot of good things going on in my life. But 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 fortunately, fortunately, I had some you know some sports. I had some coaches that kind of laid out examples of what to do in life. You know how to consistently be there. You know how to demand a lot. How to. Uh, ask younger people to do difficult things, whether it was, you know, 10 more sprints or whatever it may be. And, and that, that really wore off on me because I got to say, because like when I was growing up, especially when I became a young man, uh, there were times, and this is sad, but there were times when I was like, you know, faced with trying to make some kind of life decision or whatever it may be. And there were times I was like, okay, what would my father have done? And then I did the opposite. And that was my guiding principle for a while is that then I did the opposite of what my father might have done. Yeah. And, and thank God I had some good people in my life to uh, balance that out. Because like I said, I was a prolific athlete at first because I didn't know what else to do. So I was a prolific athlete at first. So between kind of watching what these men do and then kind of watching kind of like what I didn't want in my life, I was able to make a lot of good decisions coming up. Cause, and I got to tell you, I mean, over the last 20-plus years as an educator, and a coach of all different ages, uh, all different demographics. You know, I've seen a lot on kind of, you know, pretty much on what works and what doesn't. You know, and it doesn't matter if you, uh, you know, the demographics you come from. I've seen things that, that they, from the wealthy, and I've seen things from the poor class and, and obviously the middle class, things that work and things that don't work. So I'm pretty excited in talking to you today about some of those things that as a society, and especially as fathers, that we need to be cognizant of and at least practicing or trying to practice on a daily basis so we can build you know, better men of the future. Oh, that is spot on, Dan, and you're so true. And I can relate to you 100% because I had the, you know, the same upbringing. I had a father where we you know, just didn't see eye to eye. There was a disconnect. Um, my father usually wasn't present at any of my sports activities or anything that would be considered, you know, important to a, a young man or young boy growing up at the time, you know. But it, you know, he he was consumed with, you know, focusing on his career and and making money and taking care of family from that perspective, but really not being emotionally present. And so I can relate to you 100. percent And you do want to talk a little bit about that, why that is so important, why you know, again, why the fathers. Typically, when you look at it, you know, the mother, they always say, is the most important role. And it obviously is a very, very important role. But a lot of times mm-hmm. the father role gets undermined. Like, it's just like, well, dads are okay. You know, they're, they, they're, they're, you know they, they provide for the family. They, you know, maybe they financially make ends meet for the family, put the kids through school. But there's so much more to fatherhood. Talk a little bit about, from your perspective, you know, being an educator, being a dad yourself and what you grew up with and how, why this role is such an important aspect to a child's development, in this case, you know, a bo- building, you know, a boy. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, Chris, I mean, if we think about it, we're still animals. You know, we're humans. We like to say we're of higher intelligence and all that good yeah. stuff. But if you think about it, we're still of the animal kingdom. And if you look out in the animal kingdom, what so frequently happens, like I got these deer that come through my yard all the time because I live in the woods. And you always see these little deer and you see the mama deer hanging out there, and so rarely do you ever see the buck. I mean, like, where's the father, you know, in this dare <laughs> family? You just don't see it. The father is just absent. He's, like, never there. So now, 
transition that into us humans. I've seen the same exact scenario way, way too often with uh, my inner city kids of the, um, you know, the poor demographics where their fathers, you know, whether their fathers are in jail or their fathers and mothers just didn't get along and the fathers just aren't there. You know what I'm saying? And then then the upper demographics where I've seen these fathers that are out saving the world somewhere, you know, as world-renowned scientists or rock stars or whatever they may be, but they're not there either. And this is, this is not a good thing. Uh, you know, for many, many years, Chris, I have seen many mothers out there doing all they can to try to raise a good man. But when push comes to shove, a woman does not have the same experiences. And I'm not saying that a, that a woman can't raise a good man. I've seen plenty of mothers raise good men. But even in those situations, the mother was still handicapped a little bit because she did not go through what, I mean, what a male goes through on a daily basis. So at some point, even if a mother is going the extra mile and she's doing a great job, she's still struggling. She's still struggling at yeah. the nuances of being a man, being male, and what it means. So I've seen some of the, you know, some really good men that have come from, let's say, single, um, single parent families, mothers in charge. But I got to tell you, when I see an outstanding Outstanding young man, Chris, an outstanding young man. I almost always see that that family structure is still somewhat intact and that there's a father still in the scene who's still there and who still has a positive influence on his boys, you know, and, and, and can pull the boys aside and maybe talk to them like a man, maybe give some tough love if they need it or some understanding for certain nuances that, you know, that the female population hasn't been exposed to, doesn't quite get, doesn't quite know how to express it to them. And there were some times, you know, there were some times where something like maybe just a little story might be enough coming from a father to get the boy to understand what's going on. Sometimes it's just room. Give the boy room, you know, like a, like a knowing nod or something like that. You know, we don't have time, Chris, for me to go through all the little nuances that men do that are different than females. But um, it's there. It's there even if sometimes it's in an unspoken language. There's that male connection, that male bond, you know, that, that hopefully that family structure is still intact. And this usually produces outstanding young men when we have that influx. Now, now if I can carry on even more, yeah, you know, there are times, because there are times, when you got a family that's being run by a man. And now, you know, the, the mother's not in the scene for whatever reason. Now, and now the man's really got to step up. You know, and this is not an easy thing for men. And I recognize it's not an easy thing for women either. But this is not an easy thing for a man to step up and do this sort of thing. And there are many men that have ever faced with this sort of thing first thing they're looking to do is run out and find themselves a nanny, a wife, girlfriend, or, or, or just run away themselves and do whatever they can do. But these men, when these men, they, they have to step up. I mean, there's a thing that's called man up. You know, there's a thing that's called doing your job, you know, and doing it well and having pride in yourself and being a man. And uh, when, when these guys take on that incredibly difficult job and they do step up and they do act like the man they're supposed to be, then their kids, too, you know, whether or not it's just a single father, their kids, too, usually end up as great kids, and their boys have a great example 
to follow, and hopefully down the road things won't be as difficult on them as it was, let's say, on their father. But they have a great example to follow. So, I mean, it can be done. And what I'm really worried about, Chris, is that, you know, for various reasons, which, I'm, which I know we'll get into in a little bit, but for various reasons, we got too many men today that are not stepping up to the plate, you know, not fulfilling their duties yeah. and not being a man. You know, and that's, that's scaring me a little bit. So I'm really glad that there's guys like me and you, fathers, men like me and you out there that are helping our youth become, you know, grow into good men and are helping the men already out there, you know, realize, hey, listen, I don't care if this is overtime or not. You know, it's time to suck it up and go the extra mile. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So thank God there's men like me and you out there, among many others, that are doing good work. That's so true, Dan, and, and and I commend you for all the efforts, the everything you do. You know, even uh, you know what Powered Fathers in Action organizations like that are doing incredible work. You know, you know, you you really talked about like you know when I look at my own experience of you know where my father wasn't present. It wasn't until I learned later that you know my dad wasn't capable of being the father I wanted him to be because he didn't know how to be, because he didn't have it from his own father. So it was almost like this dysfunction was going to repeat itself. Like it it happened to my grandfather, it happened to my father, and more or less it would have happened to me had I not got, you know, to the root cause of this before I actually had my son. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, where dads do have to step up and that, you know, they hear that, but sometimes they're not recognizing what's getting in their own way, preventing them from actually stepping up. If you want to yeah. talk to that. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I love talking about this sort of thing, Chris. And sometimes you're right. Some fathers are just unable at that present time in their lives. They're just unable for whatever reason it may be or reasons. It may be they're just unable to step up at that moment. Um, but, you know, I always say better late than never. And this is how I came up with my whole granddaddy's secrets uh, book series and a lot of the other things I've been working off of that title, uh, such as, you know, speeches and um, uh, columns and podcasts and all that other stuff. But there are sometimes in a man's life when he's overwhelmed, maybe he's just trying to put food on the table and the economy's tough. You know, maybe he's out there working 18 hours a day, two, three jobs, you know, whatever it may be. Maybe he's uh, raising the family by himself. You know, whatever it may be, maybe he's just unable to be the kind of father, uh, you know, that the, that the boy needs at that moment. And that's, that's truly sad. But as I was just saying, sometimes it's better late than never. I mean, there are times when that father ages and that father becomes a grandfather. And then that father, you know, with, with let's say, a little more time on his plate now, uh, he's able to reflect. He's able to see some of the patterns and, that he couldn't yeah. see before. He's able to see some of the cycles that he couldn't see before. And he sees the cycle developing or repeating itself. And maybe now he's seeing it in his son. And maybe now he's regretting it, saying, I wish I was there more. You know, I wish I'd thrown the ball around my boy more. I wish I'd spent time maybe calling him and coaching him more, you know, or giving him advice or whatever it was. But now it's too late. And now, you know, I screwed up. And, you know, it, it's useless now. But the thing is, no, it's not too late. Because maybe now you're watching your adult son going through the throes of what you went through, and maybe he, too, is just as overwhelmed and unable to uh, be the kind of father that, that the grandson needs. But guess, guess who's still around and now maybe not working full-time and maybe have a little more patience, a little more wisdom, and a lot of those other things is the granddad. I mean, the granddad can step back into the picture and take some off the plate of the father 
and be there for the grandson. You know, and maybe, maybe free up some things so the father will have some time to be there in the life of the child. And with the granddaddy, you know, you get this, you know, I love like the whole mentoring thing, the yeah. whole extended family thing, of the grandfather stepping back in there. He's an older, wiser man who's not as overwhelmed anymore. And he can get in there and make a huge difference in that boy's life. You know, then bring the father in. Because once the father sees what's going on, that his father's in there with his son, you know, he's going to say, oh, I see what's going on here. And then that boy, who's a grown adult and a father himself now, he too can now maybe get in the picture and be uh, better at, what he, at his role at what he's supposed to be doing as a father. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But there's a dynamic there that we're not tapping into. And I'm constantly hearing, Chris, like my young students going, oh, man, that's just some old guy. No, it's not. No, it's not some old guy. You know, wake up. Don't be so naive. And then I hear the older generation saying, oh, you know, those, those kids act like brats anyways. And, you know, I got nothing of value to share with them. They wouldn't listen anyways. And, and the thing is, well, yes, they would. Yes, they would. Put, push your ego aside and get in the mix. It's like your grown adult son needs you. Your grandson needs you to get in the mix. And if you don't have any blood relatives right there in your vicinity or anywhere close, or they've disowned you and they don't want anything to do with you, well, then practice on the neighbor's kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Help them out. Get in the mix there. And who knows what good could come to it? You know, a lot of good could come from that. And who knows if that could maybe lead to down the road of you having some kind of connection uh, back with your own family after you've practiced enough on uh, the neighborhood families. You know, who knows? A lot of good could come from that. So I say, go well, for it. Give it a shot. I mean, you made a great point, Dan. I mean, like I said, a lot of times, you know, it, it, it's put on to the parents, right? Well, it's, it's, it's my son, and so I'm the dad. It's my responsibility. If I'm the mom, it's my responsibility. But, you know, it's a family thing, and, and sometimes yeah. it can go beyond the family. Like I said, it, let's say the father has got maybe issues. Maybe he's, he's struggling with drug addiction, or maybe he's been incarcerated for whatever reason. And that boy doesn't have a, a, a positive male role model in his life. You know, who's stepping up for these kids? Is it a coach? Is it a teacher? Is it someone else? It's, it almost has to be like, you know, we're, we're all responsible in some way. Like you said, like yeah, where we can practice on the neighbor's kids. Why not? You know, that, that kid may need you at that time. You know, I have, we have about a you know a minute and a half before we go to break. But let, let me get your thoughts on that. And then before we head into the next segment. Well, I say over and over, Chris, it takes a village to raise a kid. You know, back in the old days, we used to have all the porches on the front of the houses. And then somewhere maybe in the 70s or something like that, the porches moved to the back of the house. And then all of a sudden, who are you to tell my kid what to do? You know what I'm saying? And so we kind of lost that mentality of it takes a village to raise a kid. And all the adults played a part or had a hand in guiding the youth of the neighborhood, you know, along the right path. You know, it's so sad that those days uh, seem to be gone, but I, yeah. I, I don't see why we can't bring that back. It takes a village to raise a kid, so let's get on it. Let's do it. No, that's so true. You know, you really think about that back then. I mean, it was, you know, when people got together. You know, I kind of look at it with my my wife. I'm married to a woman who's Spanish. She's Venezuelan. Matter of fact, I have my mother-in-law here, my brother-in-law here, and, and everything is about family. They all get together on Sundays. They, they talk w with one another. They, 
They consult with one another. You know, they they you know they empower each other. I see a lot of that, yeah. in, especially in the Spanish community and even some other cultures. But you don't see that anymore, like you said, in 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 the United States. It's just like it's a thing from the I past, and it and you you wonder why we you know we're not bringing this back into the fold again because it's so so important. And I'm I'm looking forward to the next segment here. We're going to be going to break here in a few seconds. That where we're going to expand upon this again. Uh, you know, you're listening to, uh, you know, Dan Blanchard again. He's an award-winning author, speaker, and educator. Again, you know, a former uh, junior Olympian, uh, a wrestler, a coach. And Dan is going to deliver the goods today. So we encourage you that if you're listening in to stay with us today, those just joining us, we'll give you a recap of what Dan shared when we come here after the break. Again, you're listening to Sustainable Success, Building Boys into Good Young Men, and we'll be right back. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. And again, we hope you had a wonderful Christmas week. We're here with uh, Dan Blanchard, award-winning author, speaker, and educator. 
uh, who's written the uh, best-selling book, The Storm, which we're going to be hearing about later. We're talking about building boys into good young men. And if you're just joining us, we were talking about the importance of fatherhood and also male role models, positive male role models in our lives and why it's so important for the development of young men or young boys becoming good young men. So wanted to kind of lead into this, Dan, we, you know, talking about, you know, now a lot of these kids now that are, you know, on these electronic games, you know, they're the Fortnite and, and they're just, you know, they come back from school and they just lock themselves in a room and just play these games all day. What about like the good old days when you're out there playing pickup basketball games, touch football and climbing trees, you know, what's, what's going on there? Let's talk about that and get your perspective on in that area. Well, I got to tell you, because uh, sometimes I feel like I'm talking a foreign language. When I mention to the kids, you know, whether it's my own kids or my students or sometimes even my athletes, when I mention to them something about, hey, why don't you go outside and throw the ball around or something like that, you know, they look at me like I'm talking Greek as they're trying to, like, stow away inside of a dark room, you know, their bedroom to play more video games. It's just such a very, very different time. I remember, and Chris, you probably remember this, I mean, all of us had maybe like scraped up knees from climbing trees when we were squeezing onto our branch so tight, you know, for our dear lives trying to get to the next one, right? Because we wanted to go a little bit higher. And, and that seems to be missing. So and now that I think about it, I, I believe I just wrote a study. I know I wrote an article back a while ago about climb, the value of boys, you know, just children in general climbing trees. But I believe I just recently read, read a study that said if you follow the arc of uh, parents telling kids not to climb trees anymore because they're going to get hurt. And the whole thing about video games coming in and kids just not climbing trees anymore, they said, you follow the arc of time through that, you actually see that it coincides with the incidences of, like, depression and uh, other things that go along with that, sadly. You know, thoughts of violence and thoughts of um, even suicide have climbed at the same exact rate or pretty much close to the same exact rate as, like, the tree climbing has declined. Now, no one's saying that, you know, one caused the other, but they're saying that, you know, is there a possible correlation here? And, and I think that there is between something like climbing trees, between doing extracurricular sports that are, uh, you know, sadly, it's, uh, you know, the participation rates are so down in that. I mean, these sort of things, throwing the ball around outside with your friends, playing touch football and trying to learn the, and follow the rules of the game, you know, these sort of things, they, they all teach you, you know, um, to, to kind of measure where you are, self-regulate, and that's the big one, self-regulation, so you don't go do something stupid, you know, so self-regulation, uh, calculated risk, you know, can I reach that next branch? Um, can I outrun this guy down the sideline? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How much time is left in the game? Do I need to jump out of bounds to stop the clock? I mean, there's so many of these little tactics that, that transfer over very nicely into, like, real-world living. You know, being able to self-regulate, being able to take calculated risk, being able to work harder. You know what I'm saying? Maybe show up earlier, yeah. stay later. Follow the rules. Find out what the rules of the game are. You know what I'm saying? And just follow the rules and uh, then figure out a way to, within the, 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 the rules, to find a way to win. Is it become, becoming stronger? Is it working more on your speed? Is it working more on your technique or your tactics of the game or whatever it may be? And you look at all these things and they just, they just don't seem to be happening anymore. 
uh, except if you look at, let's say, video games, and it's happening in a very bizarre way there, Chris. You know, you've got like a, a segment, and this is scary. It's like I heard this back about a while, uh, maybe six months ago on this radio show I was listening to about uh, somebody wrote a book. You get this segment of young men that have checked out of life. They're not even looking yeah. for jobs. Some of them might have gone to college. Some didn't. Uh, you know, they're not looking to join the other uh, armed services. They're not looking for work. They're not looking for anything except the next tiny, tiny victory in their video game while they're locked up in their bedrooms. And this is where at least some of our society is not only headed, but they're already there. You know, they're already there. And I say, you know, we, we can't let this grow. We can't let this faction grow. We can't have our young men saying that I'm checking out of life and just doing video games. And then we can't encourage our kids to go down that same road because the only thing they know is video games. You know what I'm saying? We got to, like, take them out and say, you know what? I don't care if I can unplug the Internet. We're going to go out and we're going to throw the football around. You know what? I'm going to sign you up for a uh, tournament that's coming around, whatever it may be. I don't care if it's a chess tournament or a tournament uh, shooting baskets. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get these kids out there. We're going to get them um, being active, getting maybe some fresh air, maybe getting them around some high-quality adults. I mean, usually coaches are pretty high-quality adults, most of them. You know, uh, mentors, you know, we're going to get the kids out there and do these sort of things. And, uh, you know, because that program you run with the, uh, you know, empowering the, the fathers, that's yeah. uh, a great example of what I'm talking about. You know, empower the, the fathers out there, empower the kids out there. You know, they're, they're going to be fathers one day. And let's get, um, let's get them out of their, their, their locked-down, darkened, dungeon-like bedrooms just looking for that next tiny, tiny victory in their video game. I mean, that, that's, that's unhealthy. It's not good for our society and it's absolutely not good for our, our world standing. Uh, we, we've got we've got to take take the bull by the horns and, well, and yeah, save you, our young you, men, Chris. Yeah, you are so right, Dan. I mean, because you think it like it really stuns their growth. You know, it's not like from mm-hmm. like physical growth, but it stuns their emotional development and you know and take learning how to take responsibility for your life. I mean, you made a great point about like climbing a tree or. Something that where there's some risk, yeah, that kid could step on a branch that breaks and fall and break your arm, or God forbid, something even more. You know, you know, you could be paralyzed. But, but nonetheless, you know, we have to. You know, you can't, you can't just, you know, take our kids and just try to protect them in every which way. They got to learn. They have to learn to take responsibility, to take those calculated risks, and be able to, you know, utilize those experiences that when they become adults, that this is going to play out in them becoming better fathers, better husbands, becoming leaders in their communities and in their businesses. And if, if they've been protected or enabled or sheltered, this doesn't, this has, like you said, probably has far more harmful effects because a lot of times this stuff could lead to things where they become depressed, suicidal. And, you know, so trying to think in that we're protecting them is really not the case. We're actually doing more harm than good. I totally agree, and I think another thing we need to do, and every one of us parents want to protect our kids. I'm one of them. But I think something that we really need to do is we need to get back to those days when we had our kids do difficult things. 
I mean, doing difficult things is one of the most important things you can do to grow character and to grow young people into, into uh, responsible adults. You want to grow a man. Have him do something difficult. Have your boy do something difficult. Put him on the basketball team. You know, put him on the football team. Put him on the, uh, the track team of the 100-yard sprint. And, uh, you know, we have, to freak, we have to dig. He has to dig in so he doesn't get blown out by the competition. And he doesn't want to be embarrassed in front of his family, friends, and school. You know, um, like I, my boy, I just got him into wrestling. And uh, he's doing some very, very difficult things in wrestling. And I got to say, Chris, I mean, I was a fellow athlete. I was a football player, state champ football player on a team. And I was a, uh, you know, a two-time state champ wrestler, two-time junior Olympian wrestler. And those things that I learned, how to be, uh, how to do difficult things and overcome all the obstacles and challenges, uh, even when you felt like you were being choked out, you know, they made a difference. I mean, I remember, Chris, one of my buddies, you know, I had gotten married and started a family uh, before him, and he was still, like, living the single life, and uh, he was contemplating whether or not he wanted to get married, and he looked at me and he said, hey, Dad, he goes, what's it, what's it like being married with a bunch of kids? Like that, and I looked at him and I said, I go, well, I go, and, and, and this, this is great, wait till you hear this, Chris. See, me and, and this guy, we both wrestled in the state championship finals. I go, well... I go, it's sort of like overtime in the state championship finals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, I mean, he told the guy, he was like, wow. He's like, it's that hard? And I'm like, yes, it's that hard. But, like, the, the reward that you get for doing the difficult thing of being a man, being a good husband, being a good father, and all the other stuff that goes along with it, that reward is just as good and even better than winning a state championship wrestling title. I'm saying, like, we did the work to go out and, you know, be in the finals and even win state championship titles. And, uh, you know, and, and because we did that work, then when we got in front of that work that it takes to be a good husband, a good father, a good man, you know, the work is not foreign to us. We've already done it. We already know what it feels like. We already know how to work hard. So, but if you're put in that position... And I see this all the time, Chris, and it drives me crazy when I see this all the time. I see mothers and fathers just shunning their responsibilities. You know, like yeah. their kid is running all over yep. the place, acting crazy, breaking things, or being loud, or being obnoxious, or putting themselves at risk. And the mother and father is just sitting there. And maybe they're telling, like, the, uh, the nine-year-old daughter, hey, go, go get your brother. And I'm like, no, it's not the nine-year-old's responsibility to go get the brother. It's the mother and father's responsibility. And I'm looking at dad going, dude, man up. And I'm like, haven't you ever done anything difficult in your life? You know what I'm saying? You don't know how to do this? Freaking man up and go get your kid and be a real father to your kid. Don't be one with a blind eye that just freaking puts your responsibility off on others. And I see this all the time. You know, yeah. it drives me crazy, Chris. And I'm just like, you know, these adults that are now parents, have they never done anything difficult in their lives? You know what I'm saying? So I believe we need to have our kids. And I'm not saying force them, but we need to maybe explore and find things that they will like that's difficult, that's hard, you know, that makes you work hard and step up. Because then when they become an adult, and they find that it's, you know, that it's not all easy like they thought it was going to be. They just want to grow up and become an adult. Well, guess what? Now you're here. And guess what? It's hard as heck. 
So now you've got to freaking step up. And if they don't know how to do that, if they've never done difficult things, then they're going to look at their nine-year-old daughter and say, yeah, go get your brother. You know, and it's like, oh, that is so frustrating when I see that. And I'm like, you know, you're the adult here, not your nine-year-old daughter. But I see it. I see it all the time, Chris. It drives me crazy. So yeah. I would just say, everybody, I'll find it. Do the work it takes to find something that your child can like that's difficult to do. You know, maybe some kind of extracurricular sport or something. I don't care if it's chopping wood with Dad for the fireplace. Something that's difficult, find it, get them in there, and get them to learn what it feels like to do difficult things and man up because they're going to need that down the road, whether it's feeding their family, keeping their job, finding that new job, or uh, just taking care of the kids. They're going to need that. No, it's so true. Like you said, I mean, it, you know, in order to grow, we go, we grow through, you know, coming out of our comfort zones. And this is something that you've, I've seen in the last 30 years where we try to protect and make things easy. And it's not that we're trying to make things difficult just to make it difficult, but you know, that life is life. It comes with its challenges. And these are things that if children or boys can learn how to go through this, being supportive of them, not pleasing or enabling them, but being kind and empathetic, but allowing them to experience the challenge and learn how to problem solve, learn how to come up with a solution to make the situation better and building their self-confidence. Because like you said, we, we're, we, a lot of people are just growing up with low self-esteem, low self-confidence, and just escaping through video games and other things that are just not serving to themselves and, of course, doesn't serve anybody else, especially if they get married and repeat the process. Yeah, no doubt. And those things that they're learning, the problem-solving skills that they're learning, let's say in those video games, Chris, they, they don't really transfer over to real life. You know what I'm saying? But maybe cutting wood with dad does. You know, you're learning how to maybe have like a little side job, make a little extra money there selling wood. You know, or maybe you're just learning how to heat your home. You know, this is something that you could take care of, something that you could do when, when you're an adult. You know, you could uh, get yourself a wood stove and chop wood and keep your family warm. So this is like a skill that can transfer over but these, these problem-solving things and these skills that they learn in the video games, um, they, they, don't, they don't so easily transfer over. Now, I'm not against, because I want to make it clear, I'm not against an occasional video game for entertainment purposes. But when you're hanging your hat on that for as your, your value as a human being, then, then I worry about you. You know, a couple of them will go off to become gamers and create video games and make a lot of money in that field and do very, very well in that field, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm positive of that. But the majority of our youth will not do that, and they need real-life skills that us adults should be encouraging them, and maybe even dragging them along with us as we're out for our next outside real-world adventure, whatever that may be, uh, because hopefully someday they'll repeat that and do that to their kids and get their kids out there in the real world as well. No, it's so true, Dan. I, and like I said, I mean, this is, like I said, you know, not only us as parents, but, you know, as adults. I mean, not that we're trying to interfere with somebody's family, but but wherever we can, where we're not, you know, not that we're trying to overstep boundaries, but that we're conscious as adults seeing this 
and and doing whatever we can, whether if we're you know a teacher, a coach, uh, if we just happen to be a, a parent of maybe where you know my son is friends with your son. That you know, you kind of keep an eye out for that, you know, and try to instill certain good, you know, good values and beliefs for that child. Not that you're telling them what to do, but you know, being the example. I know I did this being a coach, coaching baseball, travel ball, football, basketball, same thing, you know, just kind of, you know, being that example of these principles and showing these boys how they can, you know, they can face these challenges. And look forward to them as opportunities to really enhance their their growth. So, so Dan, we have about a less than a minute to the to the break. Any parting comments on what we've just talked about in summary? Um, in Absolutely. Terms of, I'm so glad yeah. you brought up the coach thing because I'm still around athletics through my five children. I'll play athletics, so I'm still around there. And what I do is I plant little seeds, Chris, with them all the time. I plant little seeds with the youth that hey, who knows? Maybe someday you'll be the coach. You know what I'm saying? Because I think coaching, you know, you can work full-time and have a volunteer, even, you know, part-time volunteer, don't get paid, whatever, coaching on the side. It doesn't matter if you're the third coach, the fourth coach, or whatever for the team. But uh, coaching, coaching, you know, paying it forward and coaching our youth is a great way to learn a whole bunch of life skills, whether it's communication, communicating with the younger generation, uh, you know, just being there on time. You know, teaching what you know, and the list goes on and on and on. So I always encourage our kids, hey, you're enjoying this sport, you're enjoying this activity. You know, someday, why don't you be a coach? Why don't you? Why don't you do it? You could do it. And I just think it's a very valuable thing, and I'm going to continue to plant the seeds along that realm for many, many years to come. Well, that's great, Dan. And we all got to be coaches, even if we're not doing it as a job or part time, that we're all got to be coaches at one time in certain situations. Again, you're listening to Dan Blanchard, building boys into good young men. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people in businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. 
You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Again, we're here with Dan Blanchard, award-winning author, speaker, and educator, and a parenting expert. We're talking about building boys into good young men. And we've had a wonderful discussion today talking about, you know, the importance of, of fathers in terms of relationships with their sons and family in general. And we're talking about, you know, some of the issues of where there's a disconnect with parenting with children and, and how children are get caught up in certain things like video games and not learning to come out of their comfort zones and grow in a in a productive way. So that being said, Dan, I wanted to t- focus a little bit more on the relationship side to talk about how important relationships are, whether if it's father to son, grandfather to to fa- you know to his son and his grandson. Talk a little bit about what, you know the importance of those relationships. Well, cool. I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because it, it, times are so different now. You know, it's just crazy. I mean, I think back. To like, let's see, when we were young boys, Chris, like our father was like, you know, everything he said, it was like, because I said so, and they may give you a backhand or something like that. Yeah, oh yeah, so, I can uh, remember. You know, things were like, <laughs> we, yeah, things were real different back in those days. Sort of like kids were to be um, seen but not heard. Dad, yeah. dad was that real like powerful father figure, you know, that you had some fear of. You know, dad went out and maybe like earned earned money to support the house, but then didn't do anything beyond that. Uh, you know, mom kind of ran the house. And today, you know, things are very, very different today. And kids today aren't so good at you pulling that drill sergeant sort of like, because I said so, now get on and give me 10. You know, that stuff just kind of doesn't work today with kids anymore. So um, I would say this is, this is an amazing thing because I, I, I picture this, and it just blows my mind whenever I picture my son with me. Like I showed him up the other day to pick him up from wrestling practice and he comes up to me and he gives me a hug and like a kiss on the cheek. And I'm just like, almost always at like a little bit of a loss because I'm like, I would have never done that to my father. No, you know, never. Exactly. Not a million years. <laughs> but, but here my boy is, he's a high school boy and he's in this very manly combat sport of wrestling and he comes up and gives me a hug and like a kiss on the cheek. And I am so proud of what I've been able to build, you know, between me and my son. And, and it really does come down to, Chris, like to relationships. You know, yeah. I, I keep talking about how us men got to do this, us men got to man up. You know, we got to be you know, strong and tough and courageous and all that stuff. And, yes, we, we have to do all those things today. We have to lead by example because our kids are watching us, and if we're afraid of the world, then so are they. 
You know what I'm saying? So we still need to do that stuff, but there's another side that's a much more complex side to men today, and that side is the gentle, the empathetic side, the side that when your kid blows up and yells, that you don't jump in their face and freaking dress them down like yesterday's coaches or yesterday's drill sergeants. You know, maybe you give them a little room to cool off, and then in a little while, you have a, a calm, rational conversation with them where you're empathetic, and maybe hopefully it ends with a hug. You know, with you saying, I understand. I understand where you're coming. And next time, you know, maybe give them a couple of choices and say, what do you think you could do next time? So that, you know, the turnout is, is better. It isn't so painful next time. So, uh, you know, you've got to do these sort of things. You know, the relationships are everything. You've you, you got to, I'm not, I'm not saying be your kid's best friend. But what I am saying is your kid should really like you, <laughs> really like you. And if they really like you, then there are going to be times when you have disagreements and, you know, you're going to have that emotional stuff in the bank account that the kid's going to be able to bounce back. You know, the kid's going to say, oh, I know mom and dad or, or dad, uh, I know or the coach or the teacher, you know, whoever it is. I know they do care about me. So we're going to get beyond this little disagreement that we're having right now. It's, it's not going to spiral down out of control, you know, where, uh, where, where who knows what happens. So I'd say you've got to have some of that emotional stuff, that emotional currency in, in, the, in your relationship bank account uh, with today's youth so that when you do have to make a tough call or put your foot down, the kid will bounce back. The kid will get over it. The kid knows you love the kid. You know what I'm saying? So uh, definitely, you've you got to focus uh, you know, on many things. And one of the many things you've got to also focus on is relationships with these kids. I mean, yeah. just real quick, because, I mean, I've talked to kids yes. who have been my students. I work with a lot of difficult kids. Uh, you know, it's, more, it's my job. It's what I'm good at. And they have so many times said to me, as they were being great kids, great students, that they have not been for others. They so many have said, you know what I like about you, mister? And I'm always like, what? And they go, you don't act like you're better than us. I'm saying and that, that's, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the relationship thing. Well, you don't have to, you don't act like you're better than other people. You know what I'm saying? So relationships, because fathers out there, relationships, concentrate on that as one of your strategies of building good men. And these young boys that are heading toward manhood, they'll follow you more closely if you have that relationship intact with them. I, I can 100% agree. You know, learning to relate and listen to understand versus respond. It's so important. And I think, uh, especially boys, if we can, you know, relate to them, you know, and be the example and listen to understand, they're more likely to respond rather than being told how, when, or why to do something only. So it's so important. And, you know, Dan, I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your book. You just, you came out with a new book recently called The Storm. And, you know, there's a lot of great messages in this book. You know, you know, you talk about it. You know, again, this is part of your granddaddy series. Talk a little bit about, you know, the concept of the book and some of the messages that really stand out as it applies to what we're talking about today. Yeah, great. Um, thanks. Uh, the, the book was fun to write. I got to tell you, uh, for about 10 years, Chris, I had my students asking me to write a book uh, so that I could tell others the things that I tell them. And for like 10 years, I fought it off saying, no, 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 no way. I'm, not, I'm a terrible writer. But what happened is when I finally did sit down to write that book, Chris, it just 
poured out of me. You know, like one of the things, like it's called the Granddaddy's Secrets book series, and the first one's The Storm, and the, the one that follows it's called The Sprint to the Top. Well, what poured out of me, you know, was that whole, what we had talked about earlier, you know, that whole granddaddy needs to jump, the extended family needs to jump back in the mix and needs to maybe give these kids more guidance while their parents are running around with their heads cut off like chickens, totally under stress, working multiple jobs, trying to put food on the table. You know, there are other people, wise people in the world, in the surrounding vicinity, whether it's a granddaddy or whether it's a uh, school crossing guard or a lunch lady or a coach, whoever it is, there's these older, wiser people that need to be in the mix. You know, they have to be in the mix because parents today are stressed like they've never been stressed throughout history here in the United States. The other thing is that road goes both directions. We can't have our youth continually saying, oh, that's just a bunch of old people. What do they know? They don't know anything. And, and expect to be spoon-fed over and over and over and over and over. I mean, I don't know how many times, Chris, I've said to kids, okay, guys, let's start your assignment on page 10. And I look around, and half the class doesn't have a pencil. And like, they want me to give them a pencil. I'm like, where's your pencil? Like, they, don't, they didn't even bring a pencil. You know, they want to be spoon-fed, like, everything. So in the book... There's themes all over the place about taking initiative, self-initiative, and going out there and reading books. Yes, I said reading. You know, I know kids don't like to read, but I said it, and I'll say it again. Reading. Reading books of, like, famous, successful people and trying to figure out what they did and then whatever the parts of what they did that you like, that you can see relating to your life, then just follow that recipe for success. It's there, but you can't be lazy. You gotta get moving, kids. You just can't sit there, you know, on your butt, continuing to be spoon-fed for the rest of your life, and disrespecting and disdaining and disregarding um, the older generation. The older generation is so valuable to the younger kids, and the kids gotta realize it, and the older generation's gotta realize it as well. And then this just goes on and on and on. I, you know, I throw in the theme of sports, you know, of doing difficult things. You know, of working hard, of getting there earlier than everybody else, working harder than your competition, staying longer than everybody else. You know, and then, of course, of relationships. I mean, Chris, pretty much everything we've just talked about, you know, uh, over the last hour or so is in this book, The Storm and its sequel, A Sprint to the Top. It's all in there, and I've had some amazing people that have read these books and endorsed them, some top, top-notch people. And uh, you know, I think that these books and the messages that my books have, you know, they need to get out to a wider audience because the, the older people that are out there uh, that are wondering if they can make a difference, they need to realize, uh, you know, they need to like, read, read my books, be exposed to my messages, and know that they can make a difference, and as, as well as the youth today. You know, that they can make a difference. And the parents who are just barely hanging on, hey, let's, let's read my book, get my messages, and tie yourself a knot at the end of your rope and hold on. Hold on, because you too, you need to be there so you too can make a difference in the next generation. It's all there, Chris, and everything we've talked about over the last hour, it's all in my books. So uh, tell everybody out there, just definitely check it out. No, absolutely, absolutely, Dan. And, and with that being said, I mean, I can't thank you enough for you know today sharing this words i mean this was an incredible insight today on such an important topic because it's not just about 
you know, our families. This this is all about our communities. This is about our businesses. I mean, these are these are men. These are boys that are going to become men that are going to have jobs one day. They're going to be taking responsibility for certain things that are going to help our communities and help provide products and services that are going to help others. And, you know, it's our responsibility to take action, to step up wherever possible to really build these boys, you know, by being the example of these of these values and beliefs. So I want to thank you personally today for sharing your expertise. And yes, I want to make sure that people can get their hands on this book, The Storm, and anything else that you're working on right now. Can you tell us where the audience can find you and a little bit more that you can provide in terms of where you're going to be and so forth? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm on all pretty much major distributors. If you go on like Amazon, uh, Dan Blanchard, you'll see me uh, under there with some teen leadership books, as well as some academic books. I got some parenting books that I'm working on. I'm even going to working on uh, some professional speaker books. I'm working. Believe it or not, I'm even working on a football book and a wrestling book too. So uh, I've got so many different books uh, that, you're, that you're going to be exposed to if you go on Amazon now and over the, like the you know the near future of the next couple of years. Uh, if you, I'm all over social media, Chris. You know, with the Facebook, all of them. You know, the Facebook, the Twitter, the LinkedIn, you name it, Google Plus, um, everywhere, Instagram, Pinterest. I'm all over there, so people can easily find me. You know, they can Google Dan Blanchard or Google Granddaddy Secrets. Um, I got a lot of great things going on. I probably got about five, six, seven, eight books that I'm lining up to be putting out over the next couple of years. You know, um, I'm constantly giving speeches. I'm going to be uh, very soon, I'm going to be uh, I'm a special guest at the Lock Haven and Arizona State University wrestling match. Well, I'll be down oh, there giving speeches man. as well. That's my alma mater, ASU. They have a great wrestling team. Oh, I love it. Yeah. No doubt, so I'm really looking forward to being over there. I've just been off with a weekly TV show with Mandalia TV out of Texas. So, uh, and that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg of the stuff going on. But if people jump on, you know, uh, Google, Google me and jump on my mailing list or my social media platforms and just stay in touch with me, then I'll definitely, you know, uh, be able to share a lot of great value with everybody out there who, uh, you know, wants to be a part of the great stuff I'm doing. Well, Dan, thank you so much. And we'll make sure that, again, uh, everybody, that you check out Dan at, at his website. Pick up a copy of The Storm. He also has other books available to you as well. A lot of great things coming from Dan. So keep an eye on what he is doing. This is such an important topic and a thing that we all have to take responsibility. And, again, we want to thank you, audience, for joining us each and every week. And we want to wish you a prosperous and a sustainable success in 2019. And again, we'll be seeing you guys back next year, next Thursday, January 3rd, with another great episode. Again, check out uh, this episode here on demand. It'll be available later today. And again, thank you, audience, and thank you, Dan Blanchard, for joining us today. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.